You're listening to the Mobcast Network. Welcome to the Cult Movie Cantina. Woo! This is a podcast that uh, takes a look at your, some of your favorite cult films, uh, introduces an alcoholic beverage. That's technically me today. And shows them to someone who's not seen them. Also, no, actually, this is the one I've seen before, but it's D- been a while. Really? Yes, because I, I had actually seen some of the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. I did not recognize the first one, but I have seen this one. I know, right? <laughs> well, I, that's cool. I especially remember the part where the, the kid's like, oh, he's being a marionette. Okay, so we're out on video today, so so she's she's holding her arms out and pretending like she's a marionette. Yeah. So. That part. That part. I definitely remember that part. And the, oh, I'm going to stop because I'm just giving away the movie at this point. <laughs> on the TV. I remember um, that part, too. I'm your Native American pop culture spirit guide, Scotty, and I'm joined by... Justina, your jellical jester. She who knows no movies. Oh, that's so sad for you this time. I'm also an admiral. I don't know why I picked up your thing. That's not me. I don't know why you picked up our thing I'm, either. I'm off today, guys. I'm off. Uh, we have a special guest. Oh, we sure do. And so us, uh, before we introduce our special guest, uh, our facilitator of fun is currently in Texas. Camping. Yeehaw. Camping. Yeah, she Pretty is... Ren Faring. Ren Faring with pirates and Vikings, and she is very happy. Yeah, she's living her best life right now. So she is uh, not going to be joining us for um, this episode, which is fine. She's having a good time. However, we have a wonderful, wonderful replacement. I'm John. I got the prop shop next door, and I will be filling in as the facilitator of fun and lady of liberation. Liberation. <laughs> can I have to update that title? <laughs> I, I can do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, John's a very, very talented uh, prop guy, oh, and stop. and uh, very talented. Um, he is right next door to our offices here at uh, Gamers and Geeks, and he uh, has the uh, one foot in the great prop shop, and he makes. Uh, he's got like 25 3D printers, and he's just. I mean just constantly making cool stuff seriously there's something in there right now you know it's, it's crazy you're very talented you're very so, you. so thank you for coming in uh, john and me are old friends uh, just seem to we're all you know we're all friends um i feel like i'm the younger of the old friends but it's fine <laughs> but yeah, all uh movie buffs. you're all going. and mm-hmm. john john is a, a huge horror film fan huge this is one of my favorites and so uh, when we were decided to do the nightmare on Elm for halloween we had definitely had to have john especially i think what's great about this one is that it is so special effects and practical effects heavy compared to the rest of them true um this this one falls in line to the favorites i think like if, if you ask a nightmare on street fan what's their favorite they'll say three Oh, by the way, we're doing Nightmare on Street Three Team Warriors. How about that? Yeah. We're doing we're doing another one. No, this is the one this we're doing. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> and so um, we're 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 doing um, we're talking about Dream Warriors today. Let's listen to uh, to the trailer now. It's 1987. Do you know where Freddy is? up from this nightmare. No! A Nightmare on Elm Street, Part 3, Dream Warrior. First Friday, February 27th at a theater near you. Consult local listings. 
Um, Nightmare on Elm Street 3, The Dream Warriors, came out in 1987. It was directed by Chuck Russell. Chuck Russell has uh, also directed The Blob, which we have done on the show before. Oh, it's was a lava lamp. Um, no, The Blob is the, not the lava lamp show. <laughs> the lava lamp was Prince of Darkness, yes. wasn't it? Yeah. I know so much about that movie that I never watched, and it's so frustrating. It was on when you walked in the door. Here, that's what was on? Here? Yeah, that's what I was watching. And you know so much about what was on. I wasn't even looking at the TV. I don't think you noticed. There was no, I don't think you saw the lava lamp in, in, in any scenes. It was in, toward the end of the movie, so... Mm-hmm. Um, I we we have new TV here at the office, and so I was you know christening it with the Prince of Darkness as I want to do. So <laughs> now you guys all know what our office is christened with. <laughs> so if something happens, very darkness and lava like, you know why? Yeah. See, see, what I need to do is get you to make me a prop lava lamp. I can do it. Yeah, I know you can. That's what I want. I just really like that he's stuck with the term lava lamp because he knows that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Calling lava lamps is like we first saw the movie like yeah. back in the eight, uh, early nineties. It's, you know, it's exactly what it is. Um, Nightmare Street 3 was written by Chuck Russell, uh, Bruce Wagner, Wes Craven, and Frank Darabont. Uh, Wes Craven, of course, did the, the original Nightmare on Elm Street. Does, mm-hmm. Do you, you know Frank Darabont? Do you, are you asking me? Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course not. <laughs> Frank Darabont uh, uh, went on to be a, a prolific writer and director, Oscar-nominated. He did um, uh, The Shawshank Redemption, um, The Green Mile. Interesting. Um, uh, he's um, um, helped create The Walking Dead. He helped bring it to television. So, big dude. Movie stars Heather Le- uh, Langenkamp as Nancy. She returns. Yay. She walked in and was like, Nancy's back. Nancy's back. Um, uh, Craig Watson as Neil, as the, or as I call him, the dude trying to get into Nancy's pants. He is. And like he real is. hard. Like real hard. Real hard. But look where he works. Like how many really attractive people show up. That's true. Uh, Patricia Arquette in her very first movie role as Kristen. Uh, Robert England returning as Freddy Krueger. This is the first movie where they called him Freddy Krueger. The other ones he was known as Fred Krueger. So they they all become friendly with him now. So he's like, this is the third time around. We're just going to call you Freddy. <laughs> We're going to nickname you, buddy. <laughs> Uh, Ken Sargos as Kincaid, Rodney Eastman as Joey, uh, Jennifer Rubin as Taryn, Bradley Gregg as Philip, Ian Hyden as Will, or the Wizard Master. <laughs> I mean, I like D&D, that's still lame. <laughs> he was so cool, though. Lars Fishburne, uh, or Morpheus. Morpheus. <laughs> as Max. Uh, um, Penelope Asundro as Jennifer. John Saxon returning as um, Nancy's dad, Lieutenant St. Thomas. Priscilla Pointer as Dr. Sims and Nan Martin as the nun. <laughs> Do we have a theme song? <laughs> I guess I don't have music stuck in my head. It's like, <laughs> it's like, here I am waiting. That's all the words I know that. <laughs> da, da, da. I don't know why that came up, but it stuck in my head, so I shared it. With everybody. So I want to do something a little different for the sermon. I just want to kind of get into it and talk about it. Cool. Instead of just doing a summary, because this movie is so interesting, I think. And actually, we're actually, you know, what did you think about it? Me? Okay. I don't mean John Lovett, so. So um, this is one I have seen before, at least I remember, but I have seen a collection of them. Um, so I liked that it, it seemed more action-based instead of just being horror film. Like, it hit a point where they were being proactive, and they were going and doing something. I thought that was fun. I like that it brought back Nancy, so you have that character. And I also like that they all kind of work together. Like, they, it's not just 
picking off people. I mean, it, it is, but they, they're connected. So then they try to band together. I thought that was um, really neat the way they did that and the way that he, you could see each one of their things that they're interested in and then he used those things against them um, in the film. I thought that was interesting too because before, I don't know, like in the other one at least, I'm not going to say he doesn't like use their fears, but this seemed very much um, in line with like similar to the first one where she was running up the stairs and you get stuck. Like you have those nightmares where it's like your feet don't move. And um, in this one, it just feels like the things that they liked he used against them, but also incorporated that like your feet don't move or like you showed up at class with no clothes on those kind of normal nightmares. And then also added theirs to it as well. That's cool. John, what do you think about this film? I loved it because how practically effect heavy it was. Yeah, like, yeah. and it's got some of the more iconic bits. Like, anytime they do a, a thing about Freddy, they'll show a lot of the stuff from this movie. That's true. So, like, the worm, of course. I don't want to go into it too deep, I guess. But, like, uh, my favorite thing, I'm, I'm a big full moon guy, and the puppet and the guy who makes the puppets in this one right. was outstanding i like the freddy puppet so uh like i said all the all the ways they use the effects as well and this one was really good i i really like the opening of this movie i think i i think i like the opening of this film than i like in in the opening the rest of the movies i don't remember what the opening was so the opening the opening is kristen we so we're introduced to a new nightmare uh a new elm street kid and she's making this um popsicle uh, like oh, a paper mache, paper mache yeah, 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 of, of Nancy's house, and like eating the spoonfuls of coffee and drinking and it with soda right. to keep herself awake. Mm-hmm. And supposed to do it, <laughs> and then her, no. and then her mom comes in and tells her to go to bed. And, and I have a visitor. You need to go to sleep. Also, we want to be loud. So also, so cool. because I'm older now, one o'clock doesn't seem that late to me. <laughs> She's, it's past one, and I'm like, but as a mother. But then again, at the same time, like the kid was there by herself, and like her mom's like, "I'm home, and you're still awake." And it's like you weren't worried about her when you left her home alone until one o'clock in the morning, mother. Oh. It's true. It's true. And then she's like, "I'm just there's a dude back." And I just need oh, to get do my, you have a guest? Uh, go to sleep. Go to sleep. I need, oh, to, shut up. I need to get naked time, so go to bed. <laughs> um. But it goes into you know she goes to bed and she goes. I think to one of the I think I think it's my favorite nightmare in the movie it's not my favorite there's, there's no kill in this one because she you know she you know spoiler alert Kristen survives this film but um I think the nightmare is great so it starts out she's you know outside the creepy house and there's a little girl on a tricycle and the little girl's like hi, <laughs> hi. and then she goes into the creepy house and Kristen's like don't do that and then she goes I'm gonna follow you so okay that spot <laughs> That came up. Derby, Derby wife and I were watching it, and she was like, "No, little girl, don't go in there." And the girl runs in there, and then she's like, "No, little girl," and then runs after her. But she actively is already having nightmares. We've already established that this character is forcing herself to stay awake. We're already at the end of the first film. Like she's already learned that she needs to stay awake. She can go chase this kid in this house that she's making a paper mache out of. No, I need you to know. I would be the one that's like, "No, little kid, don't go in there." <sighs> I'll wait right here. <laughs> Seriously, like I just I'll wait for you. Scream if you need me. I But going after her makes Kristen a good character. It does. I mean she's gotta go after the little girl. Would who, you? Yeah, I would. Would well, you? And not only that, in dreams a lot of time you forget who you are 
per se. Yeah, there's that. And like she could just be following instinct at that point. And that's I, fair. I think I, you know when she goes and she finds her in the boiler room and the little girl. The, it's heartbreaking. A boiler room, by the way, in a house. It's the the most heartbreaking line I've ever heard in these movies. Is she just looks and goes, "This is where he takes us," and I'm just like, "Oh, heartbreak! Oh no, let's we get get this baby out of here." <laughs> so I didn't see the second one. Is this the first time you see a kid in the house? Yes. Okay, so we also talked about the term Freddy already a second ago, mm-hmm. and she brings that up, mm-hmm. and she, that's the first time his name is mentioned, is she says Freddy's home. Do you think that changed, too, because the kids are saying it? Like, it's more of a, he's like, hey, I'm Freddy. Probably. I, yeah. mean, I mean, that makes sense. Because that, like, she establishes that from the beginning, that Freddy's home. And after we get through the discussion of, of three, we'll, I'll, I'll briefly kind of touch on two, just... Um, the reason why we did one and three is because they're they're connected. Two yeah. is kind of a throwaway. Yeah, I could follow it between the two. Right. I mean, because yeah. I mean, it's directly connected. So uh, uh, I thought that would be more fun than, than introducing you to Jesse and his problems. <laughs> Thank you. I don't need no Jesse problems. Um, but then she, you know, she hears the uh, uh, Freddy's claw, and so she picks up the little girl and runs runs through the never-ending house. And she runs and she runs and she gets you know like stuck how they stuck in the hallway stuck in the hallway like Nancy got stuck in the um uh, on the stairs in the first one mm-hmm. and then she get you know Freddie comes after it almost you know swipes her but she's lucky enough to 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 jump the fr- make you know jump free and then she runs into a room with all these kids that are strangled that they're hung oh my gosh and then the little girl says just let me down you're hurting me and she looks down and it's a skeleton scared the hell out of me as a child <laughs> I look at it now I'm like, so I was looking at it now going okay it's pla- I can tell it's plastic it's like I also can tell now when like um, she picks up the little girl and she got in the next scene the little girl's a doll I mean, just you. The could, filmmaker and you is like, yeah, well done. Yeah, I, I would have also used a doll. <laughs> no, I probably would have used a child. You probably would have. <laughs> Who has the smallest child that we know? Yeah, can we like, borrow them? Can, can we borrow that kid? Um, I have a note about about so the you know the skeleton with the you know the tuft of hair to make the little girl was a replacement. Originally, they had made a full emaciated looking husk girl. It was too heavy, wasn't it? No, it was too horrifying, and they were like, oh, "We can't put this on film." That's so upsetting. This, so this prop guy worked very hard on making this, you know. And the, what they told him was like, "Yeah, well, what are you thinking?" They're like, "We're thinking like concentration camp." And so they he made like a concentration camp victim, and it's oh my gosh, and it's just like I mean, there's pictures online, and it's just like it's horrifying. And then the, the producer was like, mm, "No, can we? We can't do that. We can't do that." Mm. How would you feel, John, if you spent all that time and effort, you made something? <laughs> Amazing, and then they're like, "It's too scary." I would use it in something else. <laughs> <laughs> you would too. You'd be like, "I'll make my own scary movie." That's right. Also, you got paid regardless. You I mean you're paid yeah, to true. make you're paid to make the thing. So, um, so, um, Kristen wakes up. Um, her mom finds her in the bathroom, and she's got a razor, and she's um, um, trying to commit suicide allegedly. And it's interesting that. I don't remember again from the first one or if it comes up in the second one, but in this one, he's specifically making it look like they're committing suicide. Yeah. Like, I don't know if I, he did that the first time or I, if he was just killing the, them. The first, he did it once with the kid and who was in um, the jail. Oh, yeah, with the hanging. He hung, he but the hung. rest of them, it's like he just destroyed them. Right. But this time, it's like well, each one of them, he's finding ways that they committed suicide. And I think he wants to get them together in this one. The ki- all, all of the kids place. knock them all out right. like he's tired he's like how many times are you guys going to reproduce seriously right now 
So then we're introduced to uh, Dr. Um, um, Neil Gordon. He's a psychiatrist in front, in charge of a bunch of uh, kids who are in uh, the West Hills Psychiatric Hospital. Um, we meet, um, let's see, we meet Kincaid, who's the big tough black guy. He's a, he's being sedated in the quiet room. When we first see him, we see Taryn, who is an ex, uh, well, she's a former drug addict. Um, we've got um, Jennifer, who is um, supposed to be 14 in this movie, and she doesn't look it. <laughs> um, she's um, um, She burns herself to stay awake. That's why she uses cigarettes to burn herself to stay awake. Yeah, the one that likes uh, wants to be a movie star. Yeah, she wants to be a movie star. Um, then we meet. Um, um, I think I see, oh, we see Joey too, but jo- and Joey's one who doesn't talk. Right. Um, Did we already talk about the guy in the wheelchair? Do we meet him? We haven't met him yet, but we can. We talk. The other ones we have, you know, there's Will. He's in a wheelchair, um, and he really likes Dungeons and Dragons. Um, we've got who am I missing? Um, uh. Did you do the? Guy. Oh the, yeah, Philip the puppet guy, the guy who makes he makes marionettes. Which one's the badass girl? Uh, that's Taryn, the Taren, dog addict. Okay, okay. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And so, um, so you've got this mix mash of uh, kids who are all they they all have sleep disorders, and that's why they're they're together. And and so, um, the psychiatrist is trying to like, hey, look, I, there's something going on here. His doctor that he's working with is like yeah they're just over sex and love fucking rolling drugs and we need to get them off that and because she's old <laughs> their dreams are just a reflection of all the bad things that they do in life scotty okay it's all the guilt it's all the guilt guilt um kristen uh is um kristen's mom places her into the hospital she freaks out she, she's just trying to get attention too you know, and um she um they're trying to sedate her, and she just loses her mind and uh, beats up a bunch of people. And you know, here's a question: There's a scalpel in this room. Why is there a scalpel in this room? They also <laughs> smoke in this hospital, so I feel like well, we could just everywhere in the 80s. sum yes, this up 80s. to <laughs> different times. <laughs> so she gets a hold of a scalpel, and she she, she cuts um, uh, Lawrence Fishburne's character Max, who's um he's an orderly. Morpheus. <laughs> and, and so she cuts him, and then she starts doing the tail end of the Freddy um, nursery rhyme mm-hmm. and then Nancy shows up and she finishes it and calms her down and they hug turns out Nancy's a grad student now so she's been th- she's in her you know um, well I guess we're working on her thesis you know, about dreams which I think is cool she she had this traumatic experience that happened to her and now she's like we're gonna scientifically deal with it there's no way to force yourself to stay awake like going into school so she also did well with that like no we're gonna go straight into a bachelor's and then roll that right into a graduate school because it's been six years right that's like she immediately enrolled and has not quit she just keep going because she's like i'm gonna only sleep two hours a day anyway so it doesn't matter right. no time for dreams what else she gonna do I also like how she like really really delves into dream cultures. You know, she has the Malaysian dream doll, mm-hmm. and she's you know, she's yeah, you know, like she's really like taking that to to heart. I mean, and she's the one who I mean, she's one of I guess two heroines in the series that literally defeated Freddy. I mean, you know that you know you've got you know Nancy defeats him in the first one. Right. I think um, I do find it surprising. I did bring that up while we were watching it. How Nancy does defeat him at the end of the first one because she turns her back to him right. and says that he doesn't have a thing on her. And then obviously he shows up again. So there's that confusion, like, oh, did she really defeat him, or was he just playing, or whatever? Because she gets in the car. Well, I think he, you know, I, you know, I think because of two, he comes back, 
and he's more powerful. That's why the, that's why they don't immediately go, well, I can just turn her back on her and it'd be okay. fine. Okay, because then in this one, it's like, why she, does she, she do that? I think she mentions that he's stronger. Okay. And so, I mean, the first time we, you know, she sees him, on, you know, Kristen's having her second dream where, you know, this snake version of Freddy is trying to eat her and she she learns that, well, we all learn that she has a power to pull people into your dreams. Mm-hmm. And the jump way ahead to kind of make that make sense Jason versus Freddy they explained that yeah yeah okay. how he gains you know his power and stuff just for if he was interested the soul of children yeah, well, the, the, this, this is the first movie that shows the souls of children yeah. and that's a big thing for the rest of them especially there's a, you know you see that when he opens his, you know, the end, um, at the end when he opens his chest piece and you know opens his chest and then you see all those kids in four they built a giant Freddy chest and had actresses and actors kind of push through this latex and stuff so to see the effect of his you know the oh wow yeah um, I like everyone likes three I really like three too don't get me wrong four is my favorite because it's 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 three but like more ball the wall crazy okay <laughs> so i like alice over christy <laughs> so, is that the next one yeah alice is yeah. a alice's power is that she um is able to get other people's powers so when other people die she gets their powers okay and so she becomes like the voltron of whatever <laughs> just whoops up on freddy at the end it's, it's pretty cool and then they ruined it with five <laughs> five is terrible six isn't good either but <laughs> but it was in 3d so you get that you can get a little bit of that um. Yeah. So, uh, Kristen, you know, pulls Nancy into her dreams, and that's the first time Freddie sees her. Um, and and recognizes her, and then you know it's the whole big oh my god you. Hey, Freddie. <laughs> and then we find out that Kristen's been pulling in people from dreams since she was a kid, and kind of forgot how to do it. And then they're like, "This is how we're going to save everybody in group," because Nancy realizes everyone's having the same dream. Freddie's coming after all these kids because these are all Elm Street kids. Mm-hmm. Elm Street must be a very, very long street. <laughs> or people just keep reproducing. I mean, goddamn. Well, I mean, the theory in the first one was like, uh, you know, the the Elm Street kids are the second set of children, well, all the parents had after the first ones were all murdered. Right. They had new kids. Hmm. Replacement children, if you will. <laughs> Which is a terrible thing to say, but I think that's what happened. Like, well, we'll just have another baby since Bobby was murdered by that bad, bad man. We boy. set him on fire, though, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah, it'll be we'll stay here because we killed all the psychopaths <laughs> from this road. No, I'd be out. No, no, no. no John, back me up on this. If, if there was a psychopath you killed on your road, I'd say there. I'd be kind of. That's, yeah. I'd wear that as a badge of honor. That's right. Elm Street psychopath free since 1981. So, with you two knowing more about this this series, okay, if people that lived on Elm Street that set him on fire moved and had kids, would they still be haunted because they're still considered Elm Street kids, or would they have to have been on Elm Street still? Six dives into that. Six yeah. has a little bit of that into okay. it. So, because I feel um, like at some point you have to like branch out to have so many movies well I think the idea was especially I think Six really talks about this is that every town has an Elm Street uh, <laughs> what a wonderful loophole does Mobile have an Elm Street yeah there, there's an Elm Street Mobile I guess it does because there's a tree yeah so Foley would have one too because Foley has a whole tree section do you know what the most common street name is uh, White no Maine first yes <laughs> first <laughs> Maine's up there, though. Maine's up there. Airport. Well, if your town has an airport. Like, uh, where's your airport? We're on Airport Street. No, we just wanted to seem like we had an airport here. Um. So, um, 
you know, we have deaths in this. Uh, the first one is being uh, Philip, the kid who makes marionettes. I hate that his was first because he seemed so laid back and cool. He was just making those marionettes and then like they got him. Right. And so <laughs> Freddy, you know, transforms into one of the marionettes and 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 then turns that poor boy to a marionette with by his tendons. with his tendons, which I was thought gross. that was really fun the way they did that, yeah. where they had him like become the marionette and then they used the clay, the was it claymation? Is that what that's called? Stop motion. It was all stop motion. So what they did was they um, th- they photographed it in reverse. So they started the, with the blank and they turned it into a Freddy face, and then they just filmed it each day. They'd made alterations. Okay. And so where you know when they were done with the alterations, they would film it, and so and then they run it in reverse, so it looks like it would turn into Freddy. That's cool. So that was neat the way they did that, and then had him like cut his strings with his little claw hands. Yeah, my claw like hands. More of the practical side of things that I really like. That I'm glad some movies are getting back into. Yeah, They're doing practical mix with 3D. I think those kind of effects are the honestly some of the best ones you have yeah. is when they actually have to find a way to make it work instead of just going oh we'll just use a computer. Well, that's why I like you know that's why I like um, Planet Terror from um, Grindhouse so much yeah. is because it's it's all practical effects with CGI cleanup. And that's okay. how it should be done. So you do the effect, and then you take all the stuff that doesn't that doesn't look right. You make it look right with the computer, so it all works out. Yeah. Because too much CGI, you know, you can just tell. Yeah. And, and too much practical, you can just tell. And so. That's what I really well, liked about the paranormal activities too. With blood splatter a lot, they'll yeah. do some real, you know, practical effect, and then they'll do cleanup, like you were saying, with like uh, add depth to it, yeah, or with CG, yeah. where where there should be blood on the wall and there's not, because when you do practical effects, anything can happen, right, mm-hmm. or not happen. Um, Phillips Phillips uh, disorder is that he's a sleepwalker, so the the Freddy makes him do the marionette walk, and everyone just thinks he's sleepwalking, and um, he ends up on the ledge of the not guess top of the building and he jumps of the ward that's never used you find out later from the nun right i think it was the bell tower the bell tower yeah bell tower um um i have a question um this is where this movie gets supernatural maybe Mm -hmm. because in that scene he he vanishes he phases to the door he phases to the door the locked Mm -hmm. door and so that bothered me. I, I'm, not, I'm not sure how that happened, so I don't, you know, and there's no explanation about the magic side of it, and if, if right. there is magic, and so is it part of the dream? Or is it really happening? Is this how we perceive it? He actually could walk through. It's. I wish the door would like have been unlocked, or or the puppet did it, or, or something to make it make more sense. Yeah, that bothered me when he walked through the door because the whole thing. Every time you see them in the dream, like it happens real life, like they burn themselves on a boiler or something right. like that, right? So. Like you see in the dream where he's bloody, I feel like there also should have been blood because it happens to them in real life. Unless that was all just interpretation too, where it's like he thought he was bloody, but he wasn't really a marionette, so he really was just a person walking. Right. But so, what, like when she's burnt or cut or something, that's what wakes them up. And so so, that, so it must have been like imaginative. <laughs> Because he, he would have woke up to that, too. Right. But him walking through the door, too. I agree. It should have just been like a push door because the nurse was right there. Right. So if it's an area that isn't locked necessarily. Or easy as just a little cut scene of the lock going from lock to unlock because Freddie did it with his Whatever. I, I would yeah. I I'd believe that more than the phasing. Right. Um, and also, you know, since we didn't see his body afterwards, I mean, after you know, after he fell, he could have had the marks on his arms and legs and stuff. We, we, you know, we just True. never get to see that. So, I mean, that could have worked in that. 
The other death in there is afterwards is uh, uh, Jennifer, the the young lady who wants to be a star, and I think this is everyone's oh, favorite so kill. Good. It's everyone's favorite kill. Like when they start to listen, like your favorite kills. This one's always number one. Um, I uh, that one bothered me a lot. Like it, it bothered me a lot that that happened, and then it was like. All of our patients are committing suicide. Can one of you bastards tell me how that child got herself up in that TV like that? That's my only problem with it. It doesn't make any sense how she... Like, there's no... Like, he should have had her push a chair over... There's no stool, no nothing. Nothing. Is. There's no way she... She can't force her... She would have just bonked her head and fell. Also, those old CRT TVs, especially in the 80s, were very thick. So, it's yeah. very... I mean, it's hard to... I mean, oh my God. I don't think you can. you could crush your head into it. That and they, but it never came up as a question. Like the nurse was like, "No, something needs to happen," and the therapist or whatever his face was that was trying to get in her pants was just like, "Well, they're all killing themselves, so we need to do something to change it." Now I'll bust my head on one. How? And the screen not shattered. <laughs> See, I gotta yeah, it head. <laughs> yeah. If John can do that, that one bothered me. Right. Because there there was no explanation for how she got up there, but then nobody address it nobody not even Nancy nobody even brought up that it wasn't physically possible for that to happen right they just, let it just oh another one died oh no but on the flip side the dream part of it was awesome no yeah the whole like the the effect of it was really cool the way he did it right and the fact that he was like literally shoving her through a TV because it's again her thing she was gonna be famous right that was great I just love uh, the line you know, welcome to primetime bitch yeah into <laughs> the TV ad-libbed he came up with that on his own <laughs> I believe it. Um, and this is what you know. You know, the the suicides are yeah, are kind of what um, lead um, Dr. Neil to um, prescribe this new um, drug called Hypnocell, which is real big in the series. There's like two or three movies that follow Hypnocell. Because you don't dream, right? Nancy takes it for, to prevent her night terrors. That's smart. So, which I, I have a question about. It. So, if if she's taking Hypnocell, right, uh -huh. to prevent dreaming, is she? being prevented you know like proactive like i don't want to dream because i've had this experience or has she been having experiences i think she's being proactive because if even if like she becomes determined to figure it out like if, if that was me if, if what happened to nancy happened to me in the beginning the very first one and i was like you know what i'm gonna get to the bottom of dream sequences and how they work and what i can do to fight this i would take whatever i can to keep him from me until i was prepared for battle like i would be preventative so that I could, the first time I saw him, it wasn't while I was trying to learn or, you know, anything like that. So it makes me wonder, though, because, you know, at the end of Elm Street 1, there is the dream where, you know, everything's okay, your mom's alive, but they get in Freddy's car, the Freddy car, and, then, you know, mm -hmm. it turns, you know, we don't know how it turns out. It turns it's out. obviously a Freddy car. It was like red and green. <laughs> so clearly a Freddy car. <laughs> um, so, you know, but she clearly defeated him in... Mm -hmm. One so, but then he's her mom died. She saw him, like next to her mom, and her mom died. Right. So, I I really think that if that happened, I would become really hardcore proactive, like she was, and I, I would like shut that shit down. I think she's traumatized. I think she. I think it's, oh for sure. I think this is a PTSD thing. I think she does. She like, can't talk to anybody, right? Because no one's gonna believe her that she's you know mm -hmm. I've fought a demon. Right, um, that she's done. you're just not coping well. Exactly, oh, honey. exactly. So, I just thought it was interesting. Um, the hypnocil is a uh, fictional drug, though, uh, that prevents dreaming, and it's highly experimental. So they, they give to a bunch of teenagers. 
um, to help suppress their dreams. And by the way, it doesn't do that. <laughs> I know. I like that he prescribes it. And then they just are like, let's do a whole dream sequence all together and work together to defeat him. And it's like, but how are they dreaming? You gave him drugs. Right. Right. So I don't know if they got the drugs or... I think they did because that's how that's what, when Joey goes into a coma, I think that's what they blame it on. Right. Him prescribing hypnocell. Oh, yeah, because he is. And yeah. so I guess it doesn't work on them. I'm not sure. Um, also, so there's a, you know, they have a group session where they everyone's going to go to sleep and Chris is going to bring them into the dream. Oh, that's how they do it. She brings them into the dream. Right. I guess, but so here's my question. Because Nancy did it at the beginning and she was on it. Right. But Nancy was dreaming and Nancy was asleep when it happened. Uh huh. So here's my question. If you go back and watch that scene, uh, they do group hypnosis with a pendulum, right? They have this pendulum go back mm-hmm. and forth over this light. It's a very cool effect. I really like it. Everyone is watching it except Neil, the doctor who's watching them. I know. And he's also in the dream. He's also in the dream. <laughs> he's awake the whole time. And I'm like. I will say, like, when he turns to stop it, he's looking at it. Like. Maybe in that moment. <laughs> yeah, I mean, sure. he looked at it for a second. Like he turns and he's like, "It's not." <laughs> um, we learned then that everyone has a dream power. Kristen, um, not outside of just being able to bring people in dreams, she's very, very gymnastic. <laughs> she's mm-hmm. she's very, very gymnastic. <laughs> I like how you keep saying it like that. That's a fun way to say it. I don't know what what to call it. I don't know if that's really a power or what. But she's she's a super gymnast. <laughs> so. I'm just like she's very very gymnastic <laughs> it's like dramatic but different right um Taryn is beautiful and bad yeah she <laughs> is totally which is probably the worst line in the show <laughs> poor her oh my gosh um magical wizard oh yeah Will is the uh the kid in the wheelchair who can walk and is also the wizard master yeah he is so he can cast magic uh spoiler alert does not work Oh, pretty at all <laughs> Uh, Kincaid is super strong. Um, he can um, apparently just bend chairs, <laughs> and uh, I think that I think that, uh, Joey's missing. He goes off and sees um, a nurse that he's been he's been hitting on all, all movie. Who uh, he's about to go get him some. It turns out to be it turns to be uh, f- uh, Freddie in a nurse's disguise and captures him and puts him in a coma. Um, Nancy and Neil do not get dream powers. I know. I know. I like Nancy should have got a dream power, right? That's the next generation of kids, Scotty. <laughs> so, so you start with you get generation. Yeah. generation. It's this film that they get powers. <laughs> I would have been so upset if I was Nancy. Be like, <laughs> I've already had a battle, this bastard. It's not fair that you guys get the powers. It's like, why did I couldn't be an X Man? What do you get to do, Neil? Exactly. <laughs> Maybe it's because they're adults. Neil's like, I get to smack on you, baby. What's up, girl? Okay. <laughs> Come drink with me, honey. <laughs> His powers just trying to get in her pants. Let's just. He's not doing very well with it. Um, so things go awry. Freddie kind of shows up. Um, uh, Joey's in a coma, and because of they've um, Nancy and um, uh, Neil has been prescribing hypnocell, they get fired. <laughs> and uh, Kristen freaks out, and they put her in the quiet room, put her to sleep, and Freddie's going to come get her. Um, oh, I'm sorry, I forgot about the nun. Should we talk about the nun? Absolutely. Yes. She's yes, an she important part. Uh, is she? <laughs> <laughs> She's a confusing important uh, part. So at uh, it's it's Jennifer's funeral is when they see the, he sees the nun for the first time, right? Just him. Mm-hmm. Just him. So Neil sees this nun um, who's a sister Mary Helen. It's a good name. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a very nunny it's name. Very nunny name. <laughs> and so. Um, um, 
she asks him what he believes in. He says he believes in science, and she's like, "That's not a good thing to believe in." But okay. <laughs> and then she Did vanishes. Meet Freddie, because and then she vanishes. Um, and when Nancy shows literally up, literally vanishes. And when Nancy look shows up, looking like '80s fly. I mean, she is like. She looked good. She looked good. I was like, I was kind of into it. <laughs> Derby wife and I talked about how she looked good at the funeral. She showed up in her hair and that hat. We were yeah. both like, Nancy. Yo, Nancy. Nancy. Oh, yeah. Girl. Get a girl. Um, and then after Neil is fired, he sees the nun again. Oh, by the way, I guess they let him work his rest of his shift and then get his stuff and leave because he's like, at the end of the day, he's like, we're shorthanded. We're going to need you to finish that's the year. also not something that happens anymore, especially in a hospital. <laughs> no, no. Finish your notes. In the hospital, they're like, security's going to come to escort you to, to your desk and then to get your things and then to the parking lot. You've got 10 minutes. Don't you dare look at those files. <laughs> and um, so the nun shows back up and takes him to the... Um, yes, she does. The, the, the ward that hadn't been used in so many years and tells him the story of like, oh yeah, there's a staff worker back in like the 40s. And uh, over the holiday weekend, they forgot she was here. And all the lunatics all had their way with her. Yep. And hit her and was like, and then she bore a child. And He's that, literally the bastard of what was it like? A thousand, a thousand maniacs. A thousand maniacs, yeah. So um, I do want to point out in that fun little story. Um, so she got locked in, right? Who fed the thousand maniacs while they were in there on the Christmas break? No, no. I, they, she said that they kept her hidden. Yeah, the, the maniacs, oh. they all hit her. They all hit her, so, I mean, you got a thousand okay. maniacs up in there, like, we got a little, little, little play I toy, understand. we can hide our play toy. My interpretation was, like, it was Christmas break and they just shut the building down, and she was just stuck in the building with them. First I was time like, I but who would have fed them anyway? Uh, first time I watched it, I went with you. Our first few times I'd watch it, it's like, oh, yes, yeah. they just, like, if you're crazy and there's a holiday, you just don't eat. <laughs> like, you need to eat a lot of this meal. Of Y'all be good, don't <laughs> Here's your loaf of bread. Ration this out. <laughs> we'll be back. Suddenly it becomes like you know, an escape from New York. <laughs> it's all broken up into groups. <laughs> or Thunderdome. Who run Barter Town? <laughs> Can you imagine having to come back and clean up after that? No. <laughs> um, it was so bad that she had a baby and went and became a nun. Um, I think in five, when they kind of start talking about I think she's already a nun. Right, but I don't know. I did in this one they were like a girl on staff, and I mainly I guess because for the reveal I guess at the end I don't know. But um, she kind of tells Neil how to deal with Freddie. You know he's got to be buried on that you know hollowed ground, and which they didn't they don't really do. <laughs> so, yeah. so probably why he gets to come back in four. <laughs> um, uh, Nancy works her way to Kristen and the others. Um, thanks to Max. Thanks, Max. Um, um, Neil and goes with Nancy's dad, who they found earlier, because he, he knows where Freddie's body's at. Of course he does. It's, it's, like, it's like we we put it in a bag and put it in a junkyard. No one would ever find it. Let me take you right to it. He's <laughs> like, like yeah, exactly. Oh, I know exactly where it is. Or I don't. I don't know. He knew exactly where it was. Would you keep up with that? Yeah. John was like, that'd be so cool. I'd take it home. <laughs> Ginger? That's pretty good. But here's the problem with it, right? Um, the, isn't the glove in the bag? The glove was in the bag that she found in her incinerator and her mom's. Right. Her mom kept that part. Right, but the, the glove is there. He must have yeah, had a backup. The skeleton, the skeleton has the glove. Right. But he had a backup, Scotty. <laughs> I mean, I would also have backups. What if you broke a knife? <laughs> you gotta kill the next day. 
They're not going to take care of themselves. I ain't got time to wait for you to make another one. So, um, backups on backups. So we have, we have two stories going on at one time. So we have um, Neil and, and Nancy's dad going in to find Freddie's body and bury it, right. which also involves a small uh, detour to a uh, church where they get some holy water. Yep. Fifth of holy water. Fifth, yeah. fifth of holy water. And then I like he goes to steal a crucifix and gets stopped. And then he has no cash on him. Which is funny to me. It's the eighties. Why didn't he have cash on him? He's like, take my watch. No, I'll be like, back. He's like, take oh, my, my ID. Dri- yeah, my driver's yeah. license. My driver's license. I'm good for it. And then um Which is a good scene. I like I really like that scene. Um uh, Nancy, uh, all, all, Nancy gets the other kids to kind of dream together. So, and then they all think about Kristen in the, the quiet room, and they link up with her. And they're like, "Let's stay together." And then that no. doesn't happen at all. It never <laughs> happens. And so Freddie starts killing people one by one, starting with Taryn. Um, she shows up in like um, a dark alley, and uh, Freddie comes to fight her, and. Uh, she ends up, um, his fingers become drugs, right. <laughs> needles. Needles her. But the best part of the effect is the her arms, the track marks on her arms, her, you know, like little mouths. Yeah, and it was kind of gross, but it was like, that's a really cool they effect. Were, they were hungry. And uh, she gets drugged to death. The original scene was her head was supposed to explode, and the effect didn't turn out right. It's online. It's terrible. It's funny how it works. And they were all like, when it when it does not happen, they're very disappointed. <laughs> they're like, oh. <laughs> Uh, then um, Freddy ch- uh, torments Will with the um, wheelchair, and he um, he's like, "It's great that you walk, but after you end, you know, when you wake up, it's back in the saddle again." Right. And the chair was chasing him. And it had all these blades and oh, things. Like a on bowl, him. like he was wearing red. And all oh, kinds wow. of stuff on him and on the wheelchair. And then um, Will remembers, "I'm the Wizard Master," and blows up the chair. And then he's like, yeah. I would forget about my powers too. It's fine. And then he, he I don't know, magic missiles, Freddy to death, or force, force lightning. I don't know what is he doing. He uses magic, Scotty. It's it, magic. Was it, no, he basically like used industrial lights and magics to just tick Freddy off. Do you know what they did for that? Is that just computer based, or did they do something? I know it was animated. Okay. It was animated. It's hard animated, drawn. Mm. That's what they did a lot back then. So. Mm. And then uh, Freddy just like I don't believe in fairy tales and just kills Will. Such <laughs> <laughs> nonsense. nonsense. I turned my back to this. Right, just whoop and kill him. Um, Chris and Nancy and Kincaid find each other and they go to go look for Joey. Kincaid's other power is that he can walk through walls by like push, push punching the walls. No, that's the same power. It's just super strong. <laughs> He's just going through the wall. I can bend chairs and go through walls and that's it. <laughs> I'm just real cool and strong. Um, the Neil and, and Lieutenant Thompson find um, the bones and they start digging a grave. And then, well, the bones come alive. Voyage of Sinbad style. Very much, very uh, Ray ha- uh, Harryhausen, and just um, it's not bad. No, it's pretty good. It's like, I, what, it you, what did you think of that part? Oh, I definitely didn't see that part. You didn't see the animatronic? Oh, well, the animatronic no, I, I missed that part. I'm so sorry. I might have to run that for you. Just so I don't want your opinion. Oh, pretty good. <laughs> yeah, it, it, I think it still holds up a little bit. I think so too. I think it was. It's not it's bad. Very evil Dead-ish. Very, very much evil right. dead. Um, there's, yeah, they, they fight a, a stop motion Freddy skeleton. Yeah, it, it is part of that cheesy Freddy. They like big Freddy fans, but they like the right. cheesy Freddy effects. But it works. It, yeah, it works. So if you had to search that on YouTube, what would you search? Uh, skeleton Freddy fight. That's what I would type in. 
Yeah, we were trying real hard to not fall asleep during this part. <laughs> well, you didn't want to, you know, get nightmares. Right. No, I was just tie you up with tongues. Trying like to not fall asleep, so I was just exhausting. And we we neglected to mention that. Scene. Oh, now she's watching it. I am gonna watch it real quick. Where uh, you know, Joey is getting seduced oh. by the nurse, right? Okay, Freddy. Right. And then uh, all the tongues. Oh yeah, this is gross. And this whole time he's been in the coma, the tongues has been like making out with his hands and feet. <laughs> Is it stop motion? Yeah, it's stop motion. Yeah. Almost everything was in the 80s. I like that the the dad's like, I'm going to take you down. Oh, he stabbed Oh, he's picking him up with his knives. That was just, oh. oh, I did not know this happened. We should have rewatched this, Derby Wife. Yep. Oh, he just... This reminds me of a wait, video wait, wait, game. Wait, this is an audio podcast. What is <laughs> Just a, It's Freddy, so just imagine what that is. <laughs> so it's a bird? It's a bird. That's what he did, though. Like, it, oh, it looks very much like, uh, like a video game where it's like, <laughs> fight. And he's like, Kah, Kah. like Super Metroid. And they're like, chum, chum, chum. I don't like or play Mortal Kombat, so. Get out. I don't. I hate fighting games. They're not fun. I like Super Metroid because it's like a story at the same time. You're not just okay, fighting people. <laughs> so anyway, um, that was fun. What was the question? Yes, I've seen that part. Yeah, it's just, it's okay. just what you thought about it. Ask it looks like it. like it would be a re- <laughs> it would be a really cool video game. That part would yeah, yeah. to be uh, yeah. to actually fight. It looked like a video game. My my only issue with it is how it ends when Freddy takes this shovel and just kind of comically beats the crap out of. It. I mean, it's funny. And it's like I, I don't know if I would have directed it funny. I would. Yeah, like, it's it's not scary. He like he the whole thing bonks is funny. him on the head with a shovel, yeah. and it's like walk walk. <laughs> well, it's like when he picks up the dad, he's just like ching ching, and then throws him, and then he stabs, and he's like done. And then this is the next one. Like it's very much like a video game. Right, right. The Turtles game I watched Derby Wife play. It looks like that the on the regular Nintendo. Yeah. Like when she fights things and it's just like, chow, through. Chow, through you. <laughs> Pick you up. Throw you on a stake. I'm not with you. Okay, cool. Watch uh, it, people, and then imagine that you're playing it. Just like hold something like you're fighting like the skeleton. And when you get done, you'll be happy because you won. Um, skeleton Freddy wins, um, kills Lieutenant Saxon, Nancy's dad, and throws... Uh, kneel into the grave and buries him, a sort of round one <laughs> fight, and, and then does like a victory, like a like a Chun Li, like yeah, and then falls into another pile right by the grave. So that's not going to help, you know, hurt him at all. Um, the Nightmare Kids are all together. They find Joey. Um, Wait, real quick. Do you think in that movie the way that that is? Because usually it's like one person at a time has an encounter with Freddy. Right, like he like he focuses on one kid and then he goes to the next one and then he goes to the next one. Uh, do you think Freddy embodied the skeleton and that was Freddy fighting them? Oh yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Like, like Freddy, Freddy, right? In the Freddy bones, right? Cool. Because Freddy does it like he's like harassing the the the. the Elm Street kids at the time and then he's like oh wait I have to go do something else I'll right. be right back so he definitely it, it did it's job and yeah two places. this is the first movie that really makes it like I really like doubles down on Supernatural Freddy I mean it's yeah. like you know we in the first one we know he lives in the dream realm 
in the second one, he kind of comes in the real world, but I think this one really doubles down on like he is now this supernatural entity. Right. It also doubles down on him like with catchphrases and stuff. He he's more the Freddy we know in this. This one introduces to that kind of Freddy. Welcome to prime time. Exactly, <laughs> and so. Um, uh, the kids the kids are in this hallway with all these mirrors and uh, they get sucked into the mirrors by pulled into the mirrors by different Freddies mm-hmm. which is a really good effect they did that, that with Mylar they did it with Mylar and camera angles to make that look like they didn't pull in because they had no CGI oh, that's um, cool Joey turns out to be like uh, his power is that he can talk <laughs> so he screams in the crack uh, the mirrors break um, at the end of the hall is another room and uh, Lieutenant Thomas shows up and like, hey, Nancy, he's like, yeah, all force goes. He's all like, hey, baby, I'm, I just want I'm, I'm crossing over and just want to like say, like, I'm sorry for being like a douchebag. And, and I left the coffee pot on. Right. That kind of stuff. And then it turns out to be, oh, no, it's Freddy. <laughs> and he stabs oh, her. Oh, no. And then he's like going to go, you know, kill Kristen because that's he needs to kill Kristen. And it's like you always got to focus on the prime <laughs> heroin. Right. Heroin. Mm-hmm. Heroin, yeah, and just sounded like a drug at first. <laughs> and uh, Neil gets out of the out of the um, grave. He pushes the bones in, and then he starts, you know, kind of doing uh, last rites on the on the on the bones. He douses the holy water, which is a cool effect on Freddy. So in the dream world, we see like all this damage and like light bust through, and it's he's swirling around, freaking out, and and Freddy then puts a well, Neil puts a cross on his head, and then you see that kind of pop out of his head and it's all this light and it gets sucked into this light unfortunately nancy dies <laughs> that's really sad i like nancy and um uh, Kristen ends saying that she's gonna dream her into a beautiful dream and then our next scene is the funeral and we find the nun there at the funeral and we find out that it's actually the nun was freddie's mom weird <laughs> no one saw that coming didn't see that coming everyone saw that coming everybody <laughs> and then the last scene is Neil sleeping and there's Nancy's old house, the, the paper mache house that uh, Christian had made and the dream doll, the little Malaysian dream doll she had and the light comes on. In the house? In the house and it's mm-hmm. and spooky. So yay. I had a thought and then I forgot it. Yeah. Do you want to do our libation? Um, I do. I, oh man, I had the thought again. I forgot because you brought up the libation. Oh, so I'm really impressed with a couple of things. First, that Neil comes up after getting beat by a shovel. And then still knows how to do the rights. <laughs> that. And then also, focused. <laughs> I like that it's him that does it because he says he's science-based. And the nun was like, oh, well, that's not going to help you here. Yeah, he defeats him with faith. Yeah. And which then he had his religion. So I, I, I like that that happened for that character, that he specifically did it. Minus like, I, I mean, I think he really tries it. And I don't know if you'd agree with me or not, but I really think he focuses too much in this movie trying to get it, like, impress Nancy. Yeah, I like. I, I think agree. I don't, get that the whole time. I don't think. I don't think he's generally. I mean, I, I know he cares about the kids, but when she starts talking about these weird theories and stuff, he doesn't. He's just okay. I'll listen to you because right. you're hot. I think right. that's. I yeah. think that's. I get that vibe off of him instead of like I'm, we're going to be colleagues. He's like, no, nah, I'm going to get in his grad student's pants. <laughs> so okay, we'll go see your dad. I'll beat up your dad and that'll make her impress. You know, I mean, it just seems like he's just now trying to impress her. So I I don't know, but. On the flip side, I, 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 I'm I saddened that this is the only time we see this character. He's not in the rest of the films. Spoiler alert. Where does he go? They don't talk about him He's anymore. Older, he, he doesn't. They don't talk about him anymore. And 
having him come back would have been great because he's a, he's that man of science who's right. become a man of faith. Would have right. like him as a priest fighting Freddy would have been, been epic. Like, would have been like, like in, he would have came back. Yeah. yeah, like in five would have been great in five. Would have just like a cameo, or, too, just like a pop up. Just pop him in, just you know, just pop him in, like bring him back like he did Nancy. I mean, you know, like say your name and then be like Neil, whatever his last name. Uh, I forgot. It's Neil something. <laughs> exactly. Oh my gosh, it's that guy. Neil something the third. Look what Freddie did. He changed him from science. Alright, so for the drink for this, which I did not bring with me, mainly because my main drinking partner's not here, um, but it's the Warrior cocktail. Oh no, we I have one because I brought something to drink during the podcast. I'll get to that in a minute. Um, but the drink for the podcast is the Warrior cocktail, which involves um, one ounce of sweet vermouth, one ounce of dry vermouth, half an ounce of brandy, half a teaspoon of that terrible licorice liqueur, and then half a <laughs> teaspoon of orange liqueur. Um, so that's the warrior cocktail. I don't require that because I'm a warrior already. So I'm drinking the Dreaming Tree wine because I'm just about to get into that dream by myself. <laughs> but for those of you that need that warrior punch, there you are. Oh, I could tell you though the way it works. You just put it all together and shake it and pour it. Boom. Um, I have some. Uh, I have a lot of apocrypha for this film. More than I thought I was going to have. Throw it uh, down. All right. So Winona Ryder. Do you know who she is? Oh, Winona Ryder is in Stranger Things. Yep. She's the mom in that. She auditioned. Boom. She auditioned to be Kristen. Oh man. She'd have been great. She Patricia Arquette's mm. really good at it too, but I think she'd have been great too. I, like, I like the Kristen that they have, but I guess she's she's the one that screams really loudly. His, did Kristen yes, scream really loudly? Yes. Never mind. Winona would have done better. <laughs> oh my God, um, so loud. Uh, just a side note: Ryder would later become engaged to Johnny Depp, who was in the first one. Oh my gosh, I forgot that was a thing that happened. Mm-hmm. They, got, they met on um, oh man, Edward Scissorhands, I think, and got mm-hmm. engaged afterwards. That's fun. So, in the interviews with the cast crew on the DVD commentary, it was revealed that the original idea for the film centered around the phenomenon of children traveling to specific locations to commit suicide, with dreams of Freddy Krueger eventually discovered to be a common link between the youths. All the, the youths, yes, youths. <laughs> That's another joke. At the, <laughs> at the time, teen suicide was a taboo social issue and led to the de- abandonment of the storyline. Though some aspects remained with the film version, which still depicts the suicide and self mutilations. Uh, this was deemed less controversial because of these acts that were committed but with Freddy's distinct influence, inserting enough fantasy into the acts to remove them from what's supposed to uh, the supposed controversial exploitations of disturbed youths. Youths. Um, Freddy was supposed Jeez. to be born at the beginning of this film in a ranch-style house, which was supposed to be a place where the victims would wound up. So I guess they're all going to this house to commit suicide. Um, also, Nancy and her father were supposed to burn it down, but Freddy's influence on it would not allow that to happen. I would have liked to see that. I think I kind of would have liked to see that movie happen. <laughs> oh, we need a redo. Oh, just wait. What's coming? If I can mm, make my notes go down. I'm on a new computer, so it's all like... <coughs> Um, the movie was intended to be the last Nightmare movie, and it was shot that way. While the ending of the, mo- of the film suggests that Freddy may not be dead at all, a scene in the shooting script makes it clear that it's not the case. In the scene, Dr. Gordon visits Kristen a few days earlier. Uh, uh, after Freddy's defeat, Kristen reveals that she has moved to New York City, the city that never dreams. 
the, the, the city never sleeps, excuse me. It's when, a good place. Um, get my nice. Okay. <clears throat> when Dr. Gordon asks her if he's, she's going to, uh, going to keep seeing her referring to Nancy in her dreams Kristen answers that she dreams of her every night night suggesting that Nancy guards her dreams the scene then cuts to the ending which uh, which uh, plays in the finished script in which Neil is sleeping and the light turns on the house model um, it is implied that Nancy not Freddie turned on the light as she is all, all guarding Gordon's dreams as well I like that I love it I love it I love it especially because like her whole thing up until then is studying and understanding dreams so for her to be in this place where now it's like it's okay because I'm doing the thing I prepared for right took my drugs with me it's fine so here's something that I have um the script by Wes Craven was darker and contained more graphic language I have a copy of it. And? Um, Kristen had a friend named Becky who was killed by Freddy before the events of the movie, and Nancy meets in a dream before uh, being written out. Also, all the characters were being drawn to the institution from all over the country. Kincaid could fly, Joey had super strength, Taryn could come, become invisible, Will had another name, and was the dream wizard. Kristen pulled people into dreams. Will, um, uh, Philip had another name, and he, he tried to commit suicide. Um... Freddie uses the um, memories to to torment the the kids. Nancy was a patient, Philip, which was interesting. Uh, Philip was killed by sleepwalking into traffic, getting hit by an ambulance. Joey creates the nightmare house and gives it to Kristen. Joey is seduced by the girl he's crushed on from high school and then is killed. Philip and Jennifer's ghost tell Nancy where to find Freddie's glove to kill him. Nancy's father was blinded and a patient in a sanatorium. Also, Freddy takes Neil's image, but Nancy sees right through it and turns into the, turns into the blade, so she's still gutted at the end of it. So instead of seeing Dad, she sees Neil, and the scene plays out the same way. I have a copy of it. I would love to do a live reading of it. That would be fun. I'm, so I'd love to get some people and we do a live reading of it. It's, um, it is crazy. It's, I, I like what they did in the movie, but there's some really good ideas in, in Craven's original script. That would be fun to do. Let's do it. So. I want to be. Oh, who do I want to be? I want to be Nancy, but now she's in a psych hospital. Do I still want to be Nancy? Does she have a lot of lines? Mm. Do I want to be Kristen? I don't know. See, that's an actress going. How many lines do I get? That's really. Right. <laughs> I would imagine you would get to play multiple characters. I'll so. call both Nancy and Kristen. You can't take both the leads. We like no, Stephanie. Goes, Stephanie okay. would want some. Nancy may or may she can be oh, pretty. Can you can be pretty. Uh, I'm down, down. I'm Freddy. He's like, yeah. So we have John as Freddy, right? So, um, Stephanie's going to be the one that wants to be cool and badass. Okay, let's just be honest right now. I don't really care for that character. But I don't think she's cool and badass. And I don't remember her being cool and badass in the script. Remember, she could, I think she flies in that one. Oh, do I want to fly? Can I be that one too? <laughs> do you want to be Your all the characters? Wizard, <laughs> Harry. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you want some trivia? I would love some trivia. Um, do you know when this film takes place? 1987. Oh, no, that's when it was made. Oh, good okay. for you for knowing the year. <laughs> well, you said it. All right, once again, this is your brain. This is your brain on drugs. Question. Yeah! What are you on? Looks like a frying pan and some eggs to me. <laughs> well, 
Welcome back. I do apologize about those technical difficulties. Our batteries died. And I blame Freddy. Just reached into this <laughs> bowl too. of candy. What so, so I last asked, do you know what happened? What year this movie takes place? Uh, so, oh, God damn. Oh, I got another one. I got another one. I got another one. It's mighty growing here. Oh, my gosh. Anybody else? No, I'm good. Trying to quit. Here, just bit. take this one. Two pieces here. Oh, you could have caught that. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so it was made in 87. The other one was made in 84. Okay, as, as well as a lot of movies we've seen. Don't even start with me right now. <sighs> There's a lot. <laughs> um, okay, when did that one take place? Because it's six years later. I feel like it's pretty on point with when we are. So, mid-80s. Give me a year. First, said you had six years. No, so, no, I'll we'll make the other one at 79. Did uh, that happen? <sighs> I'll say 86. John, what do you think? 85. 1990. Oh. Amstreet uh, takes place at 84. I won, though, because I was closer without going over. Um, the Freddy glove uh, was stolen from the set of this film. <laughs> So the other one did take place the year it was made. Right. 84. Yeah. I did well with the math, though. You did. I'm Just very proud of you. I'm very proud of you. Thank you. The Freddy Glove was stolen from this, the set of this film and found in another movie. Do you know what that other movie was? Is it one that I would know? <laughs> Probably not. Okay. John the might bed know that eats people. That, that, that's earlier. Deathbed. <laughs> 79. Okay. Well, I was born 89. So what was coming? I don't know. Oh, gosh. Oh. Who directed it? Sam Raimi. <laughs> she oh, okay. asks, knowing nobody. <laughs> Does that help you, John? Not really. Can you name anything that person did? I say oh, person because yes. I don't know if it's a man or a woman. It's a man. So, so what's his most famous film? It's going to be one of the... His first one is his famous. Most famous. He's most known for his first one. I want to get gave it. His, which gave... Yeah, Evil Dead. Right. But, oh. but what's the next one? 28 days later. Dead. Is um, Evil Dead. Zombies. Two. One of the, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, this was found on the set of Evil Dead 2. Oh, that's awesome. So they, they were both came out that year. So they were filmed near each other, and they stole the, the prop guy stole it, and they moved in. Yeah, I think they were working on the same movie. So is it still in the film? Yeah, it's a, yeah you see it in the background in, in the Evil Dead 2. That's amazing. <laughs> so we'll talk about Dick Cavett for a second. Yeah, let's talk about that. So Dick Cavett, uh, <laughs> did y'all know who Dick Cavett was before this movie? I still don't know who that is. Which one is that? So Dick Cavett is the television host on the TV that that Jennifer's watching. Oh, no. So back in the 70s and into the 80s, um, Dick Cavett was kind of like a Johnny Carson. Okay. Or a, you know, you know, so um, he genuinely was like a TV he's personality? A, yeah, he's a TV personality. He's a you know, TV host, and he would you know talk to celebrities, a bunch of famous celebrities all over. Uh, so... He was super psyched to be in this movie. He really enjoyed being in this movie. One of the the things that he got to do was he got to um, um, so they were using a set stuff. So he got to pick the guest he was interviewing. Who he, did he interview? Zsa Gabor. That's who, who the lady is, and Zsa Gabor is famous for just being famous. I mean, she's an actress, but she's her sisters are there's two of them, right? Or it's, it's the, and they were very rich and. Um, um, they, you know, anyway, <laughs> Josh, Josh, Josh like made a whole career being like a guest star on like The Love Boat and Fantasy Island and you know, all those kind of things. You know, she uh, oh. pretty much like a Kardashian, right? Kind of like just a, famous because they're famous, right? Because right. right. 
Um, Dick Cavett uh, had her on not because he liked her, it's because he hated her and thought she was the most stupidest person he's ever met. Oh my gosh, and, that's amazing! And he yeah. thought, and he thought it would be awesome for Freddie to kill her. <laughs> <laughs> so they were like, "All right, so who are you gonna have on? They're gonna get killed by Freddie. Uh, this person First, right here, right now. Oh my gosh, put her on there." He bumped someone else so he could put Jaja on that episode. He, he said he would have never had her on the show ever. So that was like a real recording of his show. Yeah, they recorded that he it. Genuinely did so that she could die by Frank. Yeah, so he did the whole show and then, then they, just, they filmed that segment while they were filming the show. So he, there's an episode where Jaja's in it. And um, Jaja. Did they know that? No, Jaja, Jaja never knew. <coughs> um, Sally Kellerman was supposed That's to be great. the guest, and Sally Kellerman was originally uh, Hot Lips in the original MASH movie, but. Um, I would have been upset if I was the one that got bumped, but I think if I found out later, I'd be like, all right, cool. Makes sense. Thank you for not killing me. <laughs> That's pretty hilarious. That's so petty. Such an immortalized pettiness. I would totally do that. Who would you pick? Um, well, I'm going to start a list. Okay. Oh, you know what, too. Okay. Um, Wes Craven had nothing to do with the first sequel, Nightmare on Street 2, Freddy's Revenge, as he didn't believe Elm Street was capable of spawning a franchise. Uh, the second film, outgrossed the first one, convinced him otherwise. That's why he came back. You want to talk about Elm Street 2 for a minute? Yes, please. Come <coughs> on, Jesse. So Jesse uh, and his family move into Nancy's house at the, uh, the beginning of the movie. And so Freddy starts her harassing Jesse and he's literally trying to come through Jesse and you know, use Jesse's body to become this the really next Freddy. Yeah, it's, I wonder if that's one I've seen. It's it's probably the it's voted the gayest horror film of all time. There's a lot of there's a lot of SNL and it's it's awkward. <laughs> so um, the, this guy also got the weirdest homoerotic dance scene ever in a horror film and uh, yeah, it's a it's a movie. I'm going to see if I recognize any of these images. Not a Continue. good one. <laughs> Continue speaking images. And it, it kind of stands on its own in the, in the... And it's become a cult film. People love it. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying, you know, don't, don't watch it. I'm just... It's like... It's like... To me, it's like five. It's like, I take it or leave it. Right. That's an interesting um, take on that, though. Like, because we were talking about earlier about, like, how you would continue it and how they would be in the films. For him to, like, have a presence so strong in that house that it doesn't matter that his family wasn't involved in the murder or right. born there. I could see that because he's got some kind of, it's like hauntings. He's got some kind of ties to that. Well, I mean, at the, there's a big party at the end where Freddy's actually physical Freddy and like you know, like, a, you know, like a real person and he's killing people. But it's every person he kills becomes another soul for him. And so that's what he's like. The new Elm Street kid's a soul. You know, he's a whole big line about it. And so it's, it's not good. Um, so it's a lot of images of this dude with his shirt off. So for the sexy nurse scene, um, for when Joey was, um, you know, being uh, put into a coma, the set was flipped, so um, Joey was standing up, and so the camera's above him, so it makes him look like he's strapped down. He had to be spread eagle for so long that he actually passed out, because it's the same way people die during crucifixion. <laughs> so he's basically in a crucifix kind of pose. His chest was going on, was was waiting down on his lungs. He couldn't get air, and he passed out. So, so wait, hang on. So he was mirrored. So he was standing the whole time. Yeah, he was standing, and yeah. so the camera was above, and it's making it look like he's laying down. Oh wow! Yeah. Poor guy. Yeah. If only he had a voice. 
Um, my, my, my last little bit of trivia. Uh, John, you'll appreciate this. Uh, Kristen comes across a classic nightmare image of a roasted pig on a table, and then it comes to life and growls at her. Instead of spilling millions of dollars on a roasted pig, they actually roasted a pig, let it spoil, and prop guys puppeted from beneath. The poor guy who was actually behind the camera, um, um, Boy Wagner, the cinematographer, claims that the pig stench was so overwhelming he could still smell it to this day. We did that with that. Those intestines. Oh, gross. Hey, you know what? A budget's a budget. You gotta work around oh, it, okay? God. Bad. That's like, a smart mm. way to do that, though. Be like, how are we going to make it look like this? You know what? How much can you get a pig for? Do you know somebody can us. roast it? <laughs> I would have roasted it, but I'm like, let's just put makeup on it. I don't think, I mean, because a roasted pig, that, ate pig. Yeah, we ate afterwards. <laughs> so let's, let's finish this up with the, the bar tab. Um, Okay. You got this right. <sighs> no, I never bring my wallet for this reason. Scotty's always got us. I got okay. this one. Um, you already did in the grave. That's right. Uh, yeah. Movie grossed uh, $44.7 million over its run. Wow. Did really well. Moving on up. It's, uh, Street. It's opening It's opening weekend gross was $8.8 8 Wasn't that what the other one made altogether? Kind of. Something yeah, pretty, like that? Yeah, pretty much that. Um and it's open. It's a, yeah, so it's opening weekend. Which where did it fall in the top ten? For eighty-seven. Yeah. Uh, two. John, what do you think? Not number one. I'd say three. Number one. Wow. Number one. Uh, the other ones are Platoon, which won the Oscar that year. Uh, Outrageous Fortune, Mannequin, and Hoosiers. Mannequin was so good. I've seen none of those except for the one we watched for this. Mannequin's good. We got to do Mannequin. Okay. Um, I will say that this movie did not make the top five of the ni- 1987. Where do you think it ranked? Um, yeah, I will say it's in the top 50. I'll give you that. 25. 23. 20. John was closest. Ah, well done. Um, top, the top films of 1987 <laughs> were Beverly Hills Cop 2, Platoon, Fatal Attraction, The Untouchables, and Three Men and a Baby. So three Oscar nominees and one Oscar Best Picture winner and some comedies. We have done one other film in 1987 so far. No, I'm not playing this game. Uh, it was, I'll try. It was one of our favorites. Was it Highlander? No. Prairie Dog. No, we, we enjoyed lots of alcohol on the beach. Oh, it was Monster Squad. Monster Squad. Monster Squad is so good. Monster Squad came out. Monster at, Squad uh, was pretty good. It came out. Uh, it ended up being 135 on the list. <laughs> It made no Because we talked about how it was better in the end instead of in the beginning. Right. And just like no, overall. Just no one saw it. So final thoughts. What do you think about the movie? Uh, so you can tell that they had more money because it. I think that's part of the um, the effects of it too. That's got That had to have gone into the creativity side of it is like we have a better budget. So right. how can we make this more appealing to our viewers at this time but still incorporate the the thing that we had in the first one um so you can tell that they had a better budget i think that i i like that freddie's character seems more defined like in the first one like we were saying he really doesn't have very much stage time or screen time i guess is what they call it um and this time it seems like he's more of a star like his who he is came up more instead of the idea of who he was so he's more present he got all the one-liners because the glove was on the set for yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is one where he starts getting those one-liners I mean right. they, they start writing for him and then I, I it's almost like he doesn't need a lot like he doesn't need to say much like he's see, really good for one-liners I see that's what killing. makes him different than the other the other slasher guys because most of them are silent killers you know Jason doesn't talk Michael Myers right. doesn't talk Freddy talks 
Pinhead says some things. Right. Really dark, depressing things. (laughs) Most bad guys, if you really think about it, or at least from what I've seen, obviously, is not compared to you guys. So, do you feel or agree that most villains or bad guys just don't have very much dialogue? They don't. Because they they want you to just think them as monsters. And I see Freddy, but. I don't know. I like the. I think in this film, Freddy becomes moves from monster to pop culture icon. Right. I mean, that's what he is. He yeah. becomes this. That's what I'm saying. Like he he's not that traditional, like horror person because, like you said, they don't talk. Like they're just silent and there and kill you. But in this one, it's more like he's taunting and playing and he's having a good time and like he becomes a puppet and then he frees himself and then he turns the kid into a puppet because you think he's just gonna be a puppet that. At least my interpretation of it is like, oh, he's just going to go like cut him up. Then he's like, no, now you're a puppet. Like, it it just seems more fun. He has more fun with it. So, and, and I know you're limited on this guy. I know you've seen some of them, so if you remember, but especially the ones you've seen, and I know you've seen them all um, since we've got you here. Um, what is your favorite either kill or dream out of, the, out of this series? In the entire series? I'll, I'll let Let's y'all see. think a minute. Uh, I really like, I can't remember which one it is, but the motorcycle scene. Uh, when the guy becomes a motorcycle? Yeah. That's in five. That's that it's probably the best thing in five. Right. I like that one, but really, honestly, the the worm scene. Oh, yeah. The giant. Where he was, turns into the worm in this one. Yeah. Like uh, that. Because they definitely go big or go home. Oh, yeah. effects in this, this one. They, you got the you budget. Tell, right. Mm-hmm. You can tell they had a good prop team, and there was like, Let's see some crazy stuff that's not been seen. And they and they, they made it with um they did it three different giant puppets to make that work. You know, one to swallow her, one you know, one to grab her, right. and then they had a smaller one for long shots. But it turned out really really good. Um, hmm. I feel like the the deaths in the first one were more ridiculous. Like you have the bed that exploded the blood everywhere. Which, have, like, I don't um, know how they explain that. There's no real world explanation for that one. No, so. that's what I'm saying. Like the deaths in that one were more gruesome. Um, you have um, what's or nuts that was drug up the wall. I like how Tina. they did those. Mm-hmm. I like that they had the revolving room. Mm-hmm. But again, I, I think the films that have the lower budget have the cooler ideas. They, they problem solve better and I think it makes it more creative to know that they just rotated a room to make it look like she was drug around a wall that's just fantastic to me I think that's amazing but the deaths themselves were just unrealistic right, right. I mean even in this one like with the TV thing like it, she obviously didn't commit suicide but I think it, all the way the, del- the deaths were done were much more interesting to watch in this film so I'm just going to go by those two because I don't remember any of the others if I did watch them. Um, so I do think that my favorite was probably the marionette because I think that actor did it so well. Oh, like, yeah, it looked great. Yeah. It was absolutely wonderful. Especially when he was up on the top where it was like, like you could tell that he didn't want to do it. And then like he really held his arms in the, the right way. So I think he did that really well. So mine's in four and it's not a death, but it's a, it's a dream sequence. So at, at the, you know, the, Toward the end of the movie, the the, the, the last third, um, Alice dreams herself into a movie theater, and she gets sucked inside the movie itself. Oh, I've seen that. The black and white, and so she's at this diner where she runs into the old age version of her. You know, in the you find out Alice is like a Alice is like she, she works at a diner after high school after school. That's what she does for extra money, and she she sees the version of herself that's um, never going to 
and never got out of the diner and had not got married and had kids or anything. And then Freddie shows up and like for a date, and then she thinks she serves them a giant pizza where the meatballs are the other victims from the movies. That was really good. Too. And it's such a good, I mean, A, it's a ridiculous concept, but that effect is so good. And what they did, they had, they built little meatball like puppet heads where they'd animate them. They looked mm-hmm. just like the actors. And then they made a giant pizza where they stuck their heads through the, ch- oh, it's so gross. It's like, it's such a good effect. <laughs> such a dunk. And then the other one is the the one the lady turns into the cockroach and then they squish. That, yeah. That's great. And so oh. it's, that's oh. part of my favorite. Uh, yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm icky against bugs, so I'm, I can't watch it. It's squishy. I held two of the roaches that were here during Horror Gras. I don't know how I did that. Mentally, but I did. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I just wanted to share that during Horror Gras, we had the Explorium people here with hissing cockroaches. Mm-hmm. They were like three yeah. inches long. Thank you for confirming that we don't have roaches here. No, I'm so sorry. It was during Horror Gras, we, we had a, uh, the Explorium brought in some of the stuff that they have over there, and they brought in their, um, what is it? Uh, a colony um, I really enjoyed I only held it to start with because there was an albino one it's not albino but I like to call it that because it was a little bit different um, but I learned that roaches shed their stuff and they're just white underneath like we're talking like white white it looked like an albino roach and they're softer so I held that one. I kept calling it albino and she kept going. It's not albino. It is a regular roach. It's just not with skin right now. And I was like, can I just call it albino for right now? Because it makes me feel a little bit better. <laughs> and then I held one of the other ones later. Oh, I'm grossed out already. You it's hard to call up my arm. I she took it back. She took it back. I don't mind spiders. Roaches like, but I, don't I think it's because they were so big. They don't look like the ones in my house. Right. So it was kind of like a pet. <laughs> we really need film sometimes because I feel like my emotions are better expressed we need to get on my you a face. Dog. <laughs> I do not want a dog. Big roach. Dog. No, I don't want one. No, this is a dog. Dogs are great. No, <laughs> poops everywhere. I got picking up. I like no. your giant roach. Frog. No, I, I don't that. want it. I don't want it, John. I love you. I don't want it. I don't want it. Please. Merry Christmas. Oh my God. It'll have a Harry Potter hat. <laughs> Maybe it'll be okay then. <laughs> I'm doodle lightning bolt. Okay, okay. Uh, as long as it has a lightning bolt, that's fine. Done. Well, yay! <laughs> I think that's an, a, a bit enough for this movie. So, are we announcing what we're watching next week, or do we have any? <laughs> we will. Uh, um, I don't know what we're. I, I have a couple things, but just I don't know. kidding, because we don't know yet. There's a couple things by. on the list, but I don't know which order we're going to do it. Um, so, uh, we're coming into November, and that's you know that's for us. That's um, November. And so we'll be doing some charity stuff. So our, our next two films are going to be Roadhouse and... Um, oh, yeah, because from November. Yeah, from, we're going to do Roadhouse, and then we're going to do um, Smoking the Bandit. Oh, those, Smoking uh, the Bandit. Those are the two. And we're going to have Uncle I Hen- have seen neither of those uh, yet. Uncle, Uncle Henry's going to be back for uh, Smoking the Bandit, so that's oh, going to be fun. Yes. I like him. So yeah, that's going to be... Sit in, of course you can. WF will be here. You can go cuddle her. She's so, cuddleable. I will be singing horribly in the background. Do it. Are there songs? <laughs> oh, oh, God, yes. Is it singing oh, songs? Wait, wait, wait. We didn't talk about the song. There's a song? Oh, yeah, one, it, two, Freddy's coming for you. Is this the first time that they did the song? Yeah, the first time for and, the, this, Oh, this I, I know trivia for this. Okay. Derby wife and I did it while we were watching the movie. Okay, so the little girl jumping in the jump rope 
was the daughter of the people who owned that house. In the first one. In the, uh, is it in the first one? Mm-hmm. I don't know. They put her in it because they were like, fine, you can use my house, but my daughter is going to be jumping rope in the first. Mm-hmm. Like, who goes, yes, you can use my house for I a would. horror film, but my kid better be in it, damn it, because she's would. adorable. Totally. And then um, who's, who wrote it? One of the... Oh, God, we talked about this. Yeah, we talked about last, last Somebody's boyfriend wrote it. They were playing around in the Nancy's background. Boyfriend. What? Heather Lillingcamp. Did we talk about this last time? Yes, in last week's I thought radio. her and I talked about it. No, it was Mother last week. Trevor, you see how much I pay attention? <laughs> I knew. Also, not talking about that song. I'm talking about Dawkins' were. Dream Warriors. Oh, um, I got really excited. Can we just take all that out? Because I'm like, ridiculous. I really thought that was an extra thing that me and her learned. This is the first movie that put a first horror film put a horror uh, heavy metal s- song to I it. That was us. They filmed a video for it and everything. So Freddie's in this video for yeah. for Doctor Warriors is so good. <laughs> and so can we put that in our show notes? Yeah, we can put it. We'll put the show notes. I have a friend, um, uh, Dylan, who I went to um, college with, who um, sings metal very, very well. And he's saying Dream Warriors for me, so I'm going to share that as well. So, I cool. Just to, yeah. And so, yay, shout out to Dylan. I just want y'all to know that I'm learning. Like, that was really a takeaway from that. Is <laughs> I thought we had learned it by ourselves, but I know it. And that's that what's Scotty. important. That's what's important, guys. That is what's important. This is Scotty saying this is our contribution to the multiverse. Go out and make yours. Goodbye. Bye. See ya. Deuces. Thank you for listening to the Mobcast Network.